BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the show. This is Right Nowish, a place where we talk about arts, culture, community, and things happening right now. Ish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw, asking you to think back to just a few years ago, to 2018, a time when President Trump was backing hate speech and division, and there was, and still is, state sponsored violence. All of this made certain groups feel vulnerable and targeted. Some of them took actions to protect their communities. Enter Asta Muerte. It's a small cafe on the corner of Fruitvale and East 27th Street in East Oakland. A place where you can get a granola bowl or pan dulce and wash it down with a smoothie or a matcha latte. It's also a meeting space for community groups, as well as an artist hangout. Plus, the owners curate a small library with social justice-themed books. Speaking of the owners, the cafe is a worker-owned co-op. That means they all have a say when it comes to making business decisions, like in 2018 when they decided on a protocol of asking police officers to leave their establishment. It was a decision that news outlets heard about and ran with. If you have sworn an oath to protect and serve, then you better go elsewhere for your cup of coffee. Local outlets. The business says it's trying to keep the peace by keeping out police. National outlets. Asta Muerte Coffee cited the Oakland Police Department's alleged history of corruption, mismanagement, and scandal. But Asta Muerte hasn't talked to any outlets about it until now. This week, we talked to Matt Garrity, one of the co-owners of Asta Muerte. We discussed the cafe's 2018 decision, how the concept of defunding police has gained momentum, and why they're choosing to talk to the media now. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. 
to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Bring us back to that moment. You and your collective decided to make that stance. How did that decision come about and what happened thereafter? We're sitting at the table weeks before we're opening and I'm like, hey, we need to discuss what we're going to do about police when they come in here because we've, we don't really want them here. But the other reason this came up for us is because with the consideration of opening on that corner, like that's a corner right there, like Fruitvale and East 27. And this is the border of gentrification right here. And we've seen the next door. We've like peeked into their, what they're saying. You know, they literally said, hopefully the new business cleans up that corner. That's some serious shit right there. Like all they mean by clean up anyway is take things that are undesirable for them to see and put it where they don't have to see it. With that in mind, we said, okay, well, we don't want police to feel comfortable here and to post up out front even based on who we are and what we're about. It wasn't like a big decision. If you're going to tell a cop face to face, like, get out of here, you don't want to take any unnecessary risks. So we were just like, what are we going to say? You know, how are we going to go about that? We just said, okay, the safest thing to do is not to tell them to leave. It's best to say, hey, we have a policy of asking you to leave. And the best way to carry that out is to make it consistent. So anybody who faces an officer in the shop has to say the same thing. And so we whipped out this little script, framing it in a way that's non-escalating. It's sort of like on them to sort of realize what's happening in the moment and respect the boundary and take it elsewhere. There's Pete's right up the street. This conversation took like 20, 25 minutes and it was done. Right. Gotcha. So what does that look like when the rubber meets the road, when you actually have to ask that officer to leave? When it happened, it was me <laughs> uh, the first time. So this officer came in and we saw him from outside. And so we looked at each other. We're like, OK, who's going to do it? <laughs> As the officer was entering, uh, I realized that the little script for what we would say to an officer was not visible so from behind the counter, I, I kneeled down to sort of tape it up into place. And before I knew it, he was right there standing above me on the other side of the counter. And I just thought, well, you know, this is a good place to be if I'm trying to be non-confrontational and not escalate something. He could see my hands. I'm just like, I'm going to say this thing and hopefully we'll be good. He was up high. I looked up at him and he started to introduce himself. I just read the script. I said, hello. And I said, hey, so I just need to tell you that we have a policy of asking police officers to leave for the physical and emotional safety of our customers and ourselves. Obviously he like double took, he was like, what? <laughs> he thought for a second and he said, well, I saw it says community on your window and I thought we could work together. I just looked at him for a second and waited for him to realize that I didn't have anything to say to that. And that was very awkward. 
And he said, well, do you want me to tell other officers about this? And he said it in a neutral way. But, you know, I got experience with police. And sometimes they say words in a neutral way that are actually a threat. And I was just like, if you want to do that, you, you can do that. But I, I don't know. And he saw that, that I clocked it as a possible threatening language. And, and, and he eased up a little bit. And he said, no, like, do you, would it be helpful if I did that? And, and I just said, I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> and so he was like, all right. And he walked out. And like, we all took a sigh. I stood up. We were like, okay, that happened. It was as we hoped. It was like non-escalating. It was pretty chill. It seems like we're good. And then we had that like, that screeching like record stop moment, like, because the man suddenly reappeared. <laughs> and he was like, can I get your name? And I was like, well, why do you need my name? And he says, well, you're refusing me service and I want to know why. And I said, okay, well, I already told you why. And he asked me if I was the manager. And I said, well, as a worker co-op, we're all part owners. So yes, I'm a manager. <laughs> it was a long like pause and we were all in suspense, like what's he gonna do now? And then he just turned it out and walked out. And so we didn't anticipate a big sort of ruffling of feathers. We, we just thought it would be normal. But it, it eventually grew to that big ruffling of feathers. We had received a certified letter from the president of the Oakland Police Association, where he said, we are aware that an officer says that uh, he was refused service at your business, and we want to know if that is your policy. That letter is what hit the news. That was like the newsworthy part of the story. We certainly didn't think that it would go from local nightly news, which is where it started, to Fox and Friends and like it, you know, made national news. A police officer has shown up, asked for a cup of coffee. They said, nope, you got to leave. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, you know, to the owners of that place, you're, you're just a disgrace. I mean, you're the worst. We were just like, this is blown out of proportion. Like this happens in cities everywhere all the time. There's plenty of people doing work around this. We're just doing what we do from where we're at. And so we agreed, we're not gonna talk to media at all about this at that time. Um, Cause we know that there's a whole PR machine that's mostly built, you know, for these institutions and promotes the work of the police. How did it feel when it hit the news? It was definitely a mix of feelings because we had already begun to receive some flack. We had started to receive Facebook messages saying that, oh, you guys are, this is a shameful thing. And like, this is a, a Latino officer, like you should have respect for Latino officers. And we're just like, nah, that's not how it really works though. The news isn't sitting well with other business owners in the neighborhood who are outraged. For him to come and introduce himself to a new business and receive that kind of treatment is not acceptable. We were a new business, Latinx, like POC co-op, kind of a ragtag crew. We just wanted to, to maintain our business and, and keep pushing. 
And so we had some fun with it too. Our phone started blowing up with reporters calling and we decided we weren't gonna talk to them. We like, we wore bandanas in the shop so they couldn't take our photos. We kept the blinds drawn. I remember the first reporter, I think from NBC, she was waiting at the door before we opened and she came in and I had put on Zenyata Mondata, the uh, police album, my favorite one. So that when she asked me about the police, I could say, I, we love the police, we have all their albums. What's happened since then? We, we like to say that for every customer lost, which maybe was a handful, and three times that number came in, you know, as supporters. So we've been able to hone in on who our community is because they can see what we're about. It wasn't our intention to brandstand. It was more just a natural, it came from who we are as people. Understood. Why, why talk to me now? Now, three years later, the escalations of last summer, you know, both in terms of police killings and violence, white supremacism coming to, you know, to the surface, people are like, well, if you're not going to call the police, who are you going to call? That's a fine question. Let's talk about it. So Matt, what are some of the strategies that you and the cafe have taken in order to um, ward off potential uh, issues of uh, violence or danger? So we had a de-escalation and self-defense training. That was the first step to make sure that, you know, whether related to this or just neighborhood stuff, like issues on the corner in a way that we feel safe about putting our bodies in the way or, or not just clocking the situation and, and going from there. And safety at the cafe was uh, put to the test. Bring us into what happened. There was a run of laptop robberies across the bay. I mean, there was rings that were doing this. Of course, it popped up at our shop. So we're like, well, well, yeah, we have to do something. We built a little screen door to make a barrier for folks running out. Definitely helped. And a few times they got caught up on that. On the daily, it was good for people with real small children so they wouldn't run out to the street. And then we just talked to our neighbors, right? Like, I mean, I honestly, I rolled up some joints and like went out and passed it out and chilled and just talked like, look, you've been seeing this happen, right? Like, I wonder what we can do if you guys can give us a head up, heads up if you see them. And they answered the call. They didn't come tell us. They just stepped to those young people and were like, hey, take it somewhere else. That ended up how, being how it tapered off. Do you think this is an example that can be replicated in other places? I think it can with certain care. What we're talking about now with an, a core group of other specifically POC and Black-owned co-ops and small businesses is having a little alliance so we can share ideas, stories, resources. How do you have safety without police? How do you make a living without exploiting people and also being affordable enough for your people to afford <laughs> in capitalism? So like they're all connected. Tough waters to navigate. I'm just, I'm thinking about what does a win look like, you know? Like, what does success look like? There's no abolition without autonomy. And defunding police and putting those funds towards 
other services that are crucial and needed and underfunded. But ultimately, that road has a lot of waiting around. And so what we're saying is that, well, what does it mean to build from the ground up? And to lean on folks that have some resources to pitch into that. But to me, what a win looks like is having more options than we had before. Big thank you to Matt and the whole Astamorte team. The cafe is back open for business. Stop by for a cup of joe and be on the lookout for their forthcoming zine set to drop later this year. For more information, check out their Instagram at Astamorte Coffee, and that's spelled H-A-S-T-A-M-U-E-R-T-E-C-O-F-F-E-E. The producer of this show is Marisol Medina Cadena. Jessica Plachik is the editor. Our engineer is Seal Muller. Sarah Pineda, Kiana Moganum, and Jacqueline Carbajal make up the engagement team. KQED execs are Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Thank you for listening. One thing to take with you from this episode is the power you hold by taking a stance. No matter how small, keep fighting for peace, y'all. We'll be off next week, but stay tuned. We got something real special brewing for you. It's a summer series that's going to, um, how do I say, move you. Right now-ish is a KQED production. If you like this episode, be on the lookout for KQED's newest podcast, On Our Watch. It's all about police transparency, or lack thereof. It just launched, and it's available on all podcast platforms. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.